Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers, it's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to the Rational Boomer Podcast. I want to thank you for continuing to join me. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. If you have friends, neighbors, colleagues, whatever, that you think might agree and want to listen to the Rational Boomer Podcast, I encourage you to give them a link or show them how to get to the podcast. And the reason I want to do that is because I think there's a misconception about baby boomers in this country. I think the young people look at baby boomers as people who are crazy, selfish, trumplican, racists, misogynists. We're older, so we're crazy, and uh, we can be pushed aside. Now, I will tell you there are a number of baby boomers, even Gen Xers, that are in fact like that. But there's a sizable portion of people in the baby boomer range that uh, aren't like that. They're like us. They're compassionate. They're um, all-inclusive. They're not looking to exclude people in any way. And the fact of the matter is we know that uh, baby boomers and even Gen Xers have a lot of experience in life. And experience in life is something these young people could certainly stand to benefit from. We also are in great numbers, 70 million people in this country. And we also hold much of the wealth just by virtue of our age and the time we've been in the workplace and uh, savings and that sort of things. So as much as some of these people would like to shove us aside, that would be a mistake. Now, again, some of the baby boomers and Gen Xers aren't the greatest people, but there's enough of us that uh, we can help try to get this country back on track and leave a better legacy for our young people, because our young people that maybe look down their noses at us happen to be our kids or our grandkids. So uh, they should know that we care about them. And we care about what this country is going to be like once we're gone. We are concerned about our legacy. And a show like this allows us to bring together people of a like mind, people who are thinking the same things I'm thinking about, you're thinking about. And a big enough group of people can actually do some good. They can have some power. They can have some input in setting this country back on track. So that's why I encourage you to uh, pass along the show to other people that you know that might be interested. And let's get them hooked. And let's build a, a rational boomer army, so to speak. And I don't mean that as I'm the leader. I, I mean that as a group of people who all have the same amount of power doing what they have to do or can do to uh, create some good in this country. You know, when I first started this podcast, I thought to myself, 
yeah, I do a show for 30, 40 minutes, a couple times a week. Am I going to have enough stuff to talk about? Well, it turns out I'm doing more podcasts than two a week. And uh, frankly, I'm having trouble stopping because there is so much to talk about. A lot of it's due to politics. Of course, we have uh, other news stories as well. Uh, We've got uh, nostalgia, things that we old people like to talk about, stories and the like. So there's always plenty to talk about. And uh, I've been told, uh, if you want to take up an hour, just give Mike a mic. (laughs) And I'm afraid that's true. I don't always talk for quality, but I'm good with quantity. Anyhow, let's let's talk about some of the things that are happening in this country. Today was kind of a watershed day, a big day in history in the United States of America, something unprecedented. We had uh, Joe Biden and the CDC come out and say that all people that are fully vaccinated no longer are required to wear masks outside or inside. We're free if you're vaccinated. Now, there are some exceptions to this. If you're going on a plane, a bus, a train, or going in some building where there's a lot of people congregating, they're still asking that you wear a mask. But for the most part, you and I can go out to a restaurant, to wherever, and not wear a mask anymore. And to be perfectly honest with you, I always wore a mask. I hated wearing the mask because it I am kind of claustrophobic, and it it, it really kind of makes you feel confined. I didn't like it, but I knew it was important to do, not only for my safety and not only for others' safety. I had a uh, selfish reason for wearing the mask. I have a new granddaughter. She's a year old. My uh, son and her wife, or his wife are adamant about safety when it comes to COVID. They want to keep her safe. She's a little girl. She's one year old. And I want to keep her safe. So if I hated wearing a mask and wanted to throw it away at every turn, I would still wear it so I can have the opportunity to go see my granddaughter, spend time with my granddaughter, hold her, hug her. Because I got to tell you, as a baby boomer, I'm a little odd because I just became a grandfather. Now, I love my kids. I had a lot of fun with my kids, with them growing up. But nothing, and I've been told this before, but I'll I'll second the motion here. There's nothing like having a grandkid. There's something just really cool about it. I don't have all the responsibility, but I can have all the fun with this grandkid. And the reason it was important to me uh, with her particularly is because when I grew up, when I grew up, my grandparents were very important to me. I had all my grandparents up until the time I was an adult, and I spent a lot of time with them. They had a lot of input on how I ended up in my life. So I owe a lot to those people. And I'm hoping against hope that I have even half as much influence on my granddaughter as my grandparents had on me. Okay, enough about the personal stuff. Let's talk about what's going on. We were talking about this COVID thing. Now, Joe Biden and the CDC, as I said, came out and said, anybody who's fully vaccinated does not need to wear the mask anymore, indoors or outdoors. Now, if you're not vaccinated, technically, you're still required to wear a mask. Now, 
people are going to say, well, how do you know? Are you going to carry the card around? Are you going to check everybody's card? No, they're not going to do that. To be perfectly honest with you, for those who are unvaccinated, um, to get them to wear a mask is hard to enforce. You would th- like to think that they would have the integrity and the decency and the concern for others to wear the mask. But based on the things we've seen, we know better than that. They're not going to do that. So there are going to be some anti-vaxxers out there that aren't wearing masks. Thankfully, those of us that have been uh, vaccinated are safe. Even if we were to get the virus, it would be pretty minor. It's not going to kill you, which... (laughs) Certainly is an upside these days, isn't it? With almost 600,000 people dead from COVID. You know what's interesting? The last pandemic that we had that swept the nation was back in 1918. They called it the Spanish flu, which was a misnomer. It wasn't the Spanish flu. It didn't come from Spain, but that's neither here nor there. But in that flu, it swept all around the world too, much like uh, COVID did. And uh, I think 650,000 people died during that pandemic in the United States. Now think about that. We've got 100 years difference, 102, 101. And we are ending up just as bad as we did in 1918. How is it possible that we didn't improve in those 100 years. Well, I will tell you, it's because when Donald Trump heard about the COVID-19 pandemic, he tried to hide it. He tried to downplay it. And the reason was, is because he thought that it would affect his election. It would make him look bad. But see, that's how he thinks. And that's how flawed his mind is. You see, had he done what he was supposed to do, and took care of the virus like a president should, he may have won the race. He may not have lost, but he didn't know that because he doesn't think beyond the end of his nose. He thinks only what's going on right now. And if you tell me we got a virus, that's bad for me, so I'm going to say it doesn't exist. There was no plan. There was a plan that Obama set up, and there was a team. But Donald Trump threw out the plan, And fired the team. So nothing was done. We have all the technology. We have the medicine. But Donald Trump didn't allow anything to be done. And that's why it took off. And that's why it killed 550,000 people while he was in office. That's why we had millions and millions of COVID cases throughout the country. Because he did nothing. Now here's the counterpoint to that. Joe Biden comes in on January 20th. At that point, we've got about 550,000 people dead of COVID. Almost everybody in this country has been touched at some level by somebody who passed on because of COVID. It's been a struggle for everybody to do all the things they have to do. Lock down. Stay away from family and friends. Lose family and friends. Not go out to dinner. Not go out to movies. Do nothing virtually for a year. It's been a struggle. And when Joe Biden took over on January 20th of 2021, this country was in despair. I mean, we were still getting huge numbers of COVID cases. 
we were still seeing huge numbers of people dying. But then Joe Biden comes in. He gives a damn about people. He formulates a plan to distribute the vaccines. And he has a plan for how he's handling COVID generally. Now, he's been in office for about four, four months. And in those four months, those numbers we saw on January 20th, millions of COVID cases, 550,000 deaths. Well, those numbers in the time that Joe Biden has been in office have dropped by 80%. And that's why now people who are vaccinated don't need to wear a mask. You see, all it took was a little concern, acknowledging the problem, coming up with a plan, executing that plan, and being a good leader. And Joe Biden turned that around in four months. We're not done yet, I know that. But what a big difference between what we had with Donald Trump for almost a year and Joe Biden with four months. That's the difference from doing nothing to actually making an effort. So as much as it might piss off some Trump fans, I thank God for Joe Biden getting in an office. I thank God for him coming up with a plan to get this done and bring this down. And the vaccine was a big part of it. Now, Donald Trump fans will say, well, he got the vaccine. If you wouldn't have had Donald Trump, you wouldn't have the vaccine for five years. Well, that's bullshit. And yes, he did start warp speed. But you know what? Moderna wasn't in warp speed. They didn't take any money. The others did, but Moderna didn't. And once we got the vaccines, it's fine to get the vaccines. That's the easy part. The hard part is trying to figure out how to distribute this efficiently throughout the country to 300 million people. Well, right now we have like, what, 200 million people that are vaccinated? That took some intelligence. That took some compassion. And that took some action. All three things that Donald Trump refused to do his entire presidency, not just with COVID, with everything. See, Donald Trump wasn't about details. He was about appearances. He wanted to make it look like he was doing something, even if he wasn't. I'll give you an example. Remember when he went over to Ukraine and was trying to get the president to find dirt on Joe Biden? Now, he didn't care if this guy actually found dirt on Joe Biden. All he wanted him to do was announce that he was starting an investigation on this dirt on Joe Biden. See, he was only thinking about the election. He wanted the appearance that there were some problems. He didn't want the investigation to go anywhere because he knew they wouldn't find anything. But as long as there was an investigation happening, it made Joe Biden look good or bad. Now, that didn't work, obviously, because the president refused to do it. And then Donald Trump made all kinds of threats and did all kinds of other things and then talked about Hunter Biden and all this other bullshit. Donald Trump isn't a detail guy. He's a showman. He's a reality TV guy. That's all he is. And all he cares about is what you see because he doesn't do anything. Well, anyhow, 
we finally do get somebody to come in who does some things, who knows some things, and somebody who has a plan. And now we see the results. And again, thank God for that. Well, there's other things happening in politics particularly. Of course, we've got the uh, audit going on down in Arizona. We've talked about that a number of times. It's an absolute joke. It may be illegal, and some things are going to shake out for that. But the interesting thing, as I mentioned before, is that they leased out this, I don't know, this coliseum or whatever they call it at the Arizona State Fair. But their lease is up on Friday, which is today. So what are they going to do? I mean, because they've got 2 million ballots they've got to go through, but they only have 275,000 that they've gone through looking for bamboo and folds and watermarks and all that ridiculous shit. Apparently, they're going to pack this stuff up, set it aside someplace, and then come back after the fact. And at this rate, they're going to be into August before they come up with anything, absolutely anything at all. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But when you take these ballots, and privacy is a big issue, packing them up in boxes and setting them against the wall or whatever, that can't be safe, that can't be secure, and that can't be legal. Look for some things to happen with those folks down in Arizona because they probably are breaking some laws, especially privacy laws. And if they are, they're going to pay a price for it. So anyway... The Manhattan DA, Cyrus Vance, some news people are suggesting that he's signaling that a a charge against Donald Trump is imminent. Now, if you remember, the Manhattan District Attorney, Cyrus Vance, is the man who got all of Donald Trump's taxes. Tried for four years to get his taxes, couldn't do it. But once he wasn't president anymore and he couldn't guard it, Cyrus Vance scooped him up. Now, for some time, he's been poring over these taxes with his staff. And I'd be perfectly surprised if they didn't find something. They're going to find something in this. Because Donald Trump is a liar and a cheat by nature. He does it at every turn. He does it for simple, stupid things. And he certainly does it for money. There's been plenty of talk about the things he's done. Now, all they have to do is have verification in his taxes to get this done. Now, one of the things they are really trying to nail down to get something on Donald Trump is flipping Alan Weisselberg. Now, Alan Weisselberg is a CFO, chief financial officer for the Trump Organization for everything. Now, he was there when Trump's dad was there, Fred, and now he's still there with Donald Trump. He's been there for like 35, 40 years. Alan Weisselberg knows everything about everything, especially when it comes to the money. He is the key to everything that ever happened. Now, the FBI or the DOJ wants to try to flip him because he knows so much, he can corroborate some of the things we're seeing in the taxes and other things like that. But of course, Alan Weisselberg's going to be a hard case and doesn't want to be flipped because he doesn't want to get into trouble with Donald Trump. So what do you do in that situation? Well, you apply pressure. 
and they've been applying pressure. They've been applying pressure to his son, who actually worked for Trump as well. And now they're coming up with something interesting. Apparently, the DOJ is now investigating some payments made to a private school where his where Donald Trump's grandchildren went. Apparently, there's some question about the way the money was transferred and where the money came from and how everything was done. Now, people will think, okay, this is what one way they're going to get Donald Trump. And to be perfectly honest with you, Donald Trump is just a show guy. He's up in the ivory tower, and he may not be held directly responsible for those payments or how it was done when those private schools were paid. But they're not worried about that. See, the whole point of doing something like that is to flip Alan Weisselberg, get the information that he has on Donald Trump. But why Alan in this situation? Well, because Alan Weisselberg would have been the one to sign every check that went to these schools. So the pressure is going to be put on him. If there is some uh, criminal activity going on with dealing with these schools, they're going to go right to Alan Weisselberg. He's an older man. He doesn't want to go to jail. And once they put enough pressure on him, he's going to have to say, okay, I'll tell you what I know about Donald Trump. And that is a key part to this investigation in New York. So they're going to keep continuing to apply pressure, not only to Alan Weisselberg himself, but to his family. That's how they do it. I mean, you can say what you want about the federal government, and I've said it before in some of my TikToks. If they want to get you, they are going to get you. There is nothing that's going to stop them from getting you. And if they tell Alan Weisselberg that you and your son and whoever else are going to jail for these problems, they're going to say, wait a minute. I only did this because Donald Trump told me to. We saw that with Michael Cohen and paying off uh, Stormy Daniels. He went to jail for paying off Stormy Daniels, but he did it for Donald Trump. Donald Trump told him to do it. Donald Trump repaid the money that he paid Stormy Daniels. The only reason Donald Trump didn't go to jail for that circumstance, because he was president at the time. And there apparently is some rule in the DOJ not to indict a sitting president. That doesn't mean he can't be indicted after the fact, because he certainly can. So it's going to be interesting to see if that indictment comes down. Now, keep in mind, you've got the Manhattan District Attorney, You've got the state of New York and the attorney general. You've got Georgia. You've got all kinds of places where indictments could come from. And uh, you can expect that that's probably going to happen. Now, the interesting factor of all of this is that Donald Trump is not in New York right now. He's not in Georgia. He's in Florida at Mar-a-Lago, sitting there, sitting back in his poopy diapers and uh, playing golf, cheating at golf, and talking shit about election fraud that never happened. What's interesting about this is that apparently the people in Florida, in and around Mar-a-Lago, the county in which Mar-a-Lago's in, and even the governor, DeSantis, are all in a tizzy about the prospect of Donald Trump being indicted. And why are they in a tizzy? What do they know? 
Obviously, they somehow feel that the possibility of an indictment of Donald Trump is imminent. So now they're trying to decide what they can do. And that's a good question. What can they do? Why would they try to do anything? Well, because it's DeSantis and... uh, It's largely Republican in that state, and the county officials got together, and they're talking, and they're strategizing. They're bringing in the governor, DeSantis, saying, what do we do if he gets indicted? And they want to extradite him. Well, apparently, apparently, there's some thought, and maybe some obscure rule, that says that Governor DeSantis could slow or, in fact, stop extradition from Florida to New York, saving Donald Trump. Think about that. It's one thing to extradite from another country to the United States and having that country saying, no, we're not going to do that. You know, they get paid off or whatever happens, and they're not going to do that. But the idea that a state would not extradite a criminal, to another state, both in the United States, is absolutely crazy. I don't think that's ever happened. And I don't think that they're going to get away with it here because as much as they think they can game the system, and again, that's what Republicans do, especially Trumplicans. Everything they do, they try to game the system. Donald Trump should get arrested while he's in uh, president. Now, can't do that because there's a special rule that he can't be indicted while president. He should release his taxes. Nope, can't do that because I'm president. Well, he's no longer president. But people still want to try to protect him. I think DeSantis is hoping that he'll be the vice presidential candidate when Donald Trump runs in 2024. Well, I'm telling you right now, Donald Trump will not be the Republican candidate in 2024. There's just absolutely no way possible that's going to get happen. He's going to be so tied up in uh, his bullshit and his criminality that uh, he's not even going to be able to think about running for president. And think about this. Think about this. Should Donald Trump get indicted and extradited and brought to New York to be charged? Now, again, DeSantis wants to try to stop it. But as I said before, federal government wants you. They're going to get you. No pissant like uh, Governor DeSantis is going to stop this shit. They're going to get him. They're going to bring him back to New York and they're going to charge him if that's what they want to do. It's just crazy to me to imagine that these people are so caught up in this cult. DeSantis thinks he's going to be vice president, that they will do anything, even break the law, to save Donald Trump. Well, we're beyond that point now. Nobody's going to save Donald Trump. He's got no safety net at this point. He may think he does. He may think he can intimidate people or buy people off, but he's too far gone at this point. There are too many things happening. I said this uh, to people while he was president. I said, just relax. Things will start coming out in droves about Donald Trump once he's no longer president. And people say, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Well, you have to be patient. The law is kind of slow. 
and they want to be meticulous about this so that they don't have any failures when it comes to charging Donald Trump. They want it to be a slam dunk. That's why they're trying to get at Weisselberg. They need that corroboration to make it a slam dunk. They could probably indict him right now today, but they're going to be cautious. They're going to be careful because if they indict a former president, that will be historic in its own right. That's never been done. And whether they actually put him in jail or not, who knows? But I want him to be held accountable. I want it to be exposed, all the things he's done, because he will never, ever be able to be the Donald Trump he once was. And that will be an ultimate punishment if he has no money, if he has no standing. And keep in mind, all these people still sticking with Trump in the Republican Party, how are they going to be able to do that if Donald Trump is indicted and going to court for a crime. How is he going to do that when they show the evidence and talk to the witnesses about these crimes that Donald Trump committed? Now, sure, there's going to be a lot of people that said, oh, it's just a lie, it's a hoax, it's this, it's that. That's going to happen. But you have to understand that what's going on with Donald Trump now, his his, uh, base is starting to dwindle a little bit. You have the 30% base that stood by him no matter what and will continue to stand by him. But you had 74 million people vote for him. 74 million people. Not all of those people love Donald Trump. Not all of those people like what he's doing. But they're Republicans and they'll vote Republican no matter what. Dad did. Grandpa did. I am going to vote Republican. But these people, when they start seeing these crimes and these scandals and all of these things, they're going to fall away. And Donald Trump's support's going to dwindle. And it's already starting to dwindle. I mean, take a look at it. If you look at Joe Biden's approval rating, we're at 63%. And with regards to the vaccinations and COVID, he's 73%. That's not all Democrats. That's Republicans. And I've said this before. If Joe Biden comes in, gets the relief bill like he did, the economy starts to boom like it is, he gets us past COVID after spending a year in lockdown, and he continues to get the infrastructure bill and some of the other things he wants to do, there's no way to stop it. He's gotten out of, He will have gotten us out of so much shit that by the end of his four years, he'll probably be the most beloved president we've seen in our lifetime. Does that mean I think Joe Biden is the greatest president ever? No, I don't. I might not have even voted for Joe Biden if I had another choice. But Joe Biden was the right guy at the right time to beat Donald Trump. He's got the right temperament. He's a decent guy. He's got a lot of experience in the Senate. And uh, he's looking to do what's right. And after four years of somebody who wouldn't do anything that's right, only that's good for him, this is a welcome relief. People have less stress, they're hearing less chaos out there in the world, and they're getting comfortable with it. And Joe Biden's getting a lot of credit for the things he's doing. You got the Republicans doing all the things they're doing, with like Liz Cheney. They're tearing themselves apart. We had uh, 150 Republicans, former elected officials and others, that came out with a letter today 
that said, look, we're tired of this shit. If you don't make some changes in the Republican Party, we're going to start a third party. I've talked about this before. I hope they do. They almost have to because you've got the conspiracy theory QAnon freaks that are pretty much controlling the party in the House and the Senate right now. But you've got a lot of Republicans that are straight, conservative, normal people, not necessarily my favorites. I would never vote for them, but they're more legitimate. They have more credibility. They can't afford to be associated with these nutcases. So they're going to have to separate. And the moment they separate, the Republican Party ceases to exist as we once knew it. And they cease to have the power they once had, which means the Democrats will dominate in almost every election. You split up the party, you got less voters on both sides. And it's been like a 50-50 thing in most elections, so it's a tight race. You split them up and all of a sudden it's not a tight race anymore. And that's why I honestly believe that come 2022, as much as the Republicans want to tell you that uh, they're going to flip the House, I don't think they are. There's going to be too much exposed. They're going to be too split, and they're too stupid to realize it. So what's going to happen, in fact, is they're going to get their ass whipped, and then it's going to get ugly. We keep hearing about Joe Manchin and cinema being stumbling blocks for the Democrats because they tend to vote Republican, even though they are Democrats. Why they do that? Now, there's any number of reasons, but I'm tired of Joe Manchin and I'm tired of Kristen Cinema. You're either Democrat or you're Republican. Now, the only way to deal with those two people, they're not likely to be voted out. What the Democrats need to do is widen the margin in the House and the Senate so they don't matter. These people represent small groups of the population. They should not have the power over the entire country that they do now. So it's incumbent on us as voters to take them out of the mix, take away their power. And the only way to do that is to vote in more Democrats in the Senate and more Democrats in the House. So they become less a factor when it comes to doing the things we need to do to get this country back on track. Republicans want to go with their standard policy, give the money to the rich, and everything will be fine. The problem with that is everything's changed. We're in a much different situation. We're going through COVID and healthcare sucks. So now we got to look at how to fix that just to get us out of the hole we are currently in with our medical situation. The economy. Clearly giving more money to the rich hasn't helped, never has helped. And now we've got people in food lines and starving. So now they have to address the middle class. And once they start doing all these things, it's going to change the entire dynamic of this country, the economy, health care, education, and all those things. This is a turning point for the country because now everybody is for it because they're desperate. They're in need. And so once they get that need fulfilled, it's going to be hard-pressed for the Republicans to take it back. So this is not a good time for the Republicans. And they're not making it easy for themselves because they're tearing themselves apart. They're eating their young. 
and it's not going to pay off for them in the long run. So it's going to be troublesome for the Republicans. We've got good news with COVID, masks, and all that sort of thing. Keep in mind, if you are vaccinated and you're not wearing a mask indoor or outdoor, there are some exceptions. As I said, planes, trains, all kinds of transportation. If you're in a room where there's a lot of people, you probably want to wear a mask. And it's all about keeping the spread down. You know, this is how Republicans think. Well, I won't be affected if everybody else is vaccinated. We've got a pandemic that was on a rampage for a year. We need to take every course we can to shut it down completely. The best would be if we could eradicate COVID completely, but we can't do that unless everybody gets vaccinated. We got to at least reach 70%, but we should have everybody vaccinated so nobody can get COVID and COVID is gone. You want an example of something similar? Think of polio. Was it back in the 40s, 50s, whenever it was, maybe 60s? Everybody got polio shots because it was a serious problem. It was a horrible disease. And we pretty much eradicated polio. Not that people don't get it now, but it's so rare. And that's what we wanted to do with COVID. But if not everybody is willing to get vaccinated for whatever stupid reason, for a microchip or some kind of control or some kind of illness that they think they'll get from the vaccine, well, then it's going to be tough to eradicate it. So that means it'll be around for a while. And we'll be fine as long as we're vaccinated. But keep in mind, as long as it's around for a while, it's going to mutate. It's going to vary. There are going to be variants around. And if it varies enough, it's conceivable that these vaccines, as we know them now, may not have the same impact. So that's why it's important that everybody use the mask when they need to and get the vaccination when it's available. Getting a vaccination right now is easy. And they should all do it. But they won't because they believe in the bullshit they heard from Donald Trump and the Republicans. It's very frustrating. Anyhow, I've talked long enough at this point. I hope you have a great weekend. Let's see what's happening next. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.